should we start? Yeah, let's let's start. We can go ahead. Is it Steve or Steven? Well, you... well, it's uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a birth certificate. It's Steven, but it's it's always been Steve. Really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't never like Steven. Yeah. And then. So so my friends call me Steve. Perfect. And yeah. your students know you as Iger. Right. <laughs> and then there is a group of. So have we started yet? Yes, we have. Oh, we have. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so there are there are a, uh, kind of a, a certain group of friends which I'm Ig. 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 Yeah. That that was a. It's really the only um, uh, nickname I've ever had. Really. Yeah. yeah. I like it. It seems to fit it, you. <laughs> it's a short. Yeah. It's simple. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you are a professor here at MSU, and you teach. Human physiology, right? Yes, and as well as the CBN capstone, right? So I was trained as a physiologist, uh, so that's what my PhD is in. So I, it's reasonable that I teach physiology here, right? But yeah, and I think that was that was quite successful. So I I instituted teaching physiology to incoming fresh freshmen because. In most schools, uh, pre-medical students, for instance, have to take biology, and yet they've usually taken two years of biology in high school, or at least one, and they're kind of bored with it, and they want to learn how the body works. They want to be physicians. So, And the, initially, the course was offered in the third year, and they people would come up to me and say, oh, finally something I'm interested in. And I thought, that's really stupid. You know, why should they have to wait three years to to study something they're interested in. And so we started order, offering it uh, to right away for semester. And it's been really successful. People like it. And so that I teach that. And then I thought about, well, what's the most important things to teach? Then I started to teach this course, Medical Ethics. Because so many people go from uh, undergraduate school to medical school, and they don't really know what Medicaid is or Medicare or how they healthcare system works, for instance, and and there's a lot of other things, end-of-life issues, and today we talked about physician-assisted suicide in class, and so these are things people should uh, consider, and especially physicians, and also I think it helps them out personally because they end up going to medical school interviews, and a lot of the questions have to do with these issues, and so it's... Uh, they look much better if they've thought about them before. So in a lot of questions, there's no right or wrong answers to, but at least it makes the student look good if they uh, have a reasoned answer. Mm -hmm. so, so that, and let's see, other, I teach pathophysiology. I used to teach a course called Life and Other Big Questions, mm. which was fun. It was all about evolution of the universe and then star evolution and then human evolution and then evolutionary psychology like how you know why we think what we think where our emotions are, are come from and things like that so um so being that i've been here for 25 years i've gotten to teach a bunch of different things now they now they probably just want to get rid of me <laughs> i don't know how no. much more. well that's very kind Life and Other Big Questions sounds like an interesting course. That sounds like... Yeah, it was a great course. In fact, the on, it was such a good course, uh, the Honors College took it over. <laughs> and 
Yeah, what that's not really fair. I I, I took a, a leave of absence to go teach in um, the Caribbean Medical School for a couple of years. When I came back, the Honors College has started to teach that course with a, and I just had a different teaching assignment. I guess when I came back, I I had to do some more things and. Yeah. yeah, the department needed other. If we're talking about evolution, the one thing we know that's constant is that nothing is constant, yeah. right? Yeah, so I came back, so things were a little different. But I'm very happy with what I'm teaching now. Okay. I think it's worthwhile. And I'm old enough now to think seriously about retirement. And actually, some of these courses uh, I feel are worthwhile to teach. It, it keeps me going, so yeah. I, I think... You know, I think people need to have some uh, reason to keep going, and this is it for me. Yeah. Yeah, for now. Although I think I will retire soon because <laughs> there's other reasons. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. <laughs> what What is it? Is it teaching specifically, or is it the content that you're teaching? Uh, it's it's the content. Yeah. If I was yeah. te there are a lot of courses I could teach. Uh, that I enjoy the material and I enjoy teaching it like I used to teach physics. I just love the material. But, uh, and in these courses, uh, in like the uh, medical ethics course, I don't, my job in teaching is just to get the students to read some papers, write what they feel about it, and discuss it in class. And so I'm not, so my view isn't so important. It's, it's, it's getting them to think about things so, and discuss it. it um, so it's not, yeah, it's, so the real challenge for me is getting, is getting the students to talk. Really? And, yeah. And actually, I'd, I wasn't so good at it. And then I, I had one student uh, gave me a student evaluation just lambasting me, tell, telling me how terrible I was. And actually, that student did a, a great job, because ever since then, I've been trying harder and harder, constantly, to get them to uh, to get them to be more involved in what goes on in class. And I think it's kind of successful now. Did you take that class? I haven't. I want to. I want to take it. No. Are you teaching it in the fall? Yes. I'll take it in the fall. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because that. You know, I think the science of, of medicine is quite easy to grasp, and yeah. that's something that everyone can get stronger and better at. But the real finesse of being a, a human and a physician at the same yeah. time is being able to formulate right. these ideas or emotions or, mm -hmm. or even just an opinion about something. Right. You know, and I think, yeah, that's definitely not an easy task. And actually, the opinion's important. So... Making an opinion is good. It might not be the right opinion. You may change your mind in the class or a week later or a year later. But it's good to kind of put yourself on the line and then and then consider it. And then you can and then be comfortable with like changing your opinion. Mm -hmm. I think that's all excellent. Yeah. And yeah. I've always found like the moment <laughs> I put my words down on paper and I like turn it in. That's when I'm like, oh, actually, that's, that's right. BS. Exactly. That's total BS. That's not yeah. what I think at all. Right. Yeah. You know? So it's good to go through this. So we, you know, read. So the standard class is to read like uh, maybe a ten-page article, and then 
they have to do a write each day, so it's a half page to a page writing on, on whatever they want to write about, their personal feelings about this, their own experiences, then arguing with the authors. It doesn't matter. And then in class, they get to discuss it again. So they have a couple of times to think about these issues. And uh, I think they're much better for it, I would say. Do you think CBN kids have a hard time doing that? No. Really? No, I think they're great at it. I'm, I'm actually surprised at how well they write and how uh, articulate they are speaking. I think they're they're a great group of kids. Good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so I transferred into the CPM program, so I've only gotten like the last three quarters of it. And so, you know, when you transfer into a school, you don't really know everyone. You weren't there for yeah, freshman orientation. Right. You weren't there right. for Chem 100 Are you still class. feeling like an outsider yes. a little bit? Yes, oh, totally, totally. And you went to Missoula before him. <laughs> What could be worse? I know. I know. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about finding your path in life and, and getting distracted. And I was so afraid of taking a course, a hard science course and failing mm -hmm. that I thought, oh, I'm forget medicine. Yeah. And like, yet, yet you're doing well now. I, I'm doing Fairly well. I'm yeah. doing fairly well. Yeah. There's still times when that, it's a struggle. Well, it's for everybody. <laughs> it's true for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. So that that brings up coursework that I have taken from you is I took your capstone class this fall. Mm -hmm. And class, the pathophysiology class. No, it was the capstone. The capstone. Oh, oh, so that that's the one I've been the medical ethics I've been oh, talking. Oh, really? So you have taken so, that. So I've taken it. Yeah, so yeah. So I should have taken pathophys this semester then. To have taken right. Yeah. So that. Yeah, I don't know. So that's only offered in the spring. Is it? Well, yeah. Yeah, I knew you were in some a class of mine too. Is there so in that medical ethics, also known as capstone class, though we talk a lot about. You know, we read Complications by... Mm -hmm. Atul Gawande. Yeah. I guess, why tackle those big, important questions? Because mm -hmm. a lot of these students, I'm a couple years older than most mm -hmm. kids, and when I mean kids, I mean quite literally 25 and under, like, we're all kids, you yeah. know, like, a couple years older than most of my peers in these classes, so do you think... I mean, like, if I was 21, I don't think I'd be able to even comprehend what we were talking in those classes. Yeah, I understand that. I don't think I could have done it at 21 or, <laughs> or 25, you know. Yeah. That, that's okay, but it's good to start somewhere, mm -hmm. to think about these, you know, kind of difficult questions in life where there's no clear answers, and and uh, it's just good to start. It, I think it, it probably is healthy for our, our brains to... Uh, deal with those questions and, uh, and we can do it yeah do you ever see students progress from like that freshman physiology class to that senior capstone class do you ever see students progress in a way that was like surprising like you're like oh my gosh like who would have known you would have like turned out to be this well opinionated young man or young woman um I'm not I'm not sure what my answer for that should be. I, um, because when I went to graduate school, I came in and I worshipped all the professors. They all seemed like geniuses to me. And I just couldn't imagine myself 
ever being one of them. And yet that happened. And some of my students think a lot of me now, which I don't know what their problem is. But so when I, when I talk to someone that's young, somehow I, I see the potential there. And I, I don't judge them harshly. I just think that, yeah, I, I'm, I'm always impressed by how they can be creative and, and have energy. And so I, and they, they still have that. And, you know, from my perspective, now where I'm close to death, the difference between 17 or 18 and 21 or 2 is not very much. Mm-hmm. Like in your life, you're young. That's a huge difference. And you can see big changes that have happened to you. But it keeps going. Oh, it, no. I know. It's just, <laughs> life is relentless. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that... You know, people just change over it. As you said before, the one constant is change. But when I, when I meet them as, uh, you know, as uh, teenagers, you know, I see that they have a lot going for them. Going back to, like, personal age, does time move faster for you? Yeah, unfortunately, right. Yeah, no, you know, like... Oh, no. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> It's terrible. You know, when you're young, you just think you'll live forever. Yeah. And, you know, there's no thought, of, you know, and there's no hurry to do anything, really. But now there's, you know, like there's one takes into account, well, hmm, how many years do I have? What what am I going to be able to do? So, you know, I like to cross-country ski. And, and I, you know, so how, how much longer am I going to be able to do this? You know, my, you know, this hurts, that hurts. And so you, you have to make decisions. And yeah. I, there's other things I like to do. Like I, I was a tennis player. I, I don't really play tennis anymore. Yeah. So there are. So there's that, and and I guess there's you know mental things too, that uh, I'm forgetting people's names now, and things like that. I'm not happy about that. Yeah. And. Um, and I'm sure you're taking all the supplements to help. No, you I'm not. I'm that, not. Right? I'm not doing anything other than. Well, let's see. We're, we're supposed to exercise and eat fish well. Oil. I don't know if that's going to work out. I, I do really? like fish. I I did look at this pa this uh, pomegranate juice. I read about that yesterday. I'll probably buy a bottle of it <laughs> this week. <laughs> you know, but you know, it's kind of yeah. Who knows? It's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't do any. Um, yeah, I don't do anything to harm myself too much. Yeah, and maybe you know, I was actually I went for a run today up Hospital Hill, right by the cross country track uh-huh. or cross country skiing track up there, and I was thinking I was like, why am I running? And I was like, well, because in thirty years it's going to decrease or help decrease my chance of osteoporosis or increase yeah. my bone density or something. Yeah. And I was like. This is ridiculous. Well, you should take up skiing's a lot gentler on your joints. Is it? <laughs> yeah, and it's more fun too. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, take take up that cross country skiing. I've never. I think I've done it once or twice. I've always. It's just really fun. The problem is you can only do it certain places. Like in Bozeman is the one of the best places in the world to do it, mm-hmm. and you know that's a big problem for me. You know I can't move to Costa Rica. Although <laughs> <laughs> well, I do like surfing too. I did that as a boy. But, um, yeah, I just don't. And I'm going to do it next week, I guess. I'm going to go surfing. But I, So that's going to be a trial. Can I still do it? Because 
you know, maybe I can spend half the year in Costa Rica. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Are you, you're going there for, for break? So. Yeah, for spring break, yeah. yeah. Going to Culebra. Yeah. It's like crazy. Like, I'm from Bozeman, and I love winter. Uh-huh. And even, like, this winter, I'm like, I'm done. Like, I This out. is a serious winter. Like, I'm negative 30. I know. And I'm walking to this class the, at 8 a.m. Like, no, thank you. Like, I know, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. I ride my bike to school every day. Do you? That's amazing. I don't. <laughs> You're smart. I'm just a professor. <laughs> You're going to be a doctor. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I started to ride my bike in graduate school every day, and I, I just have... There's only been like two days in the last 50 years when I haven't been able to ride my bike. That's incredible. Yeah. How how far away do you live? Well, close. Okay, that's yeah, what, close. That's, yeah, that's still yeah. though. It's embarrassing. I, I probably could be quicker walking, but yeah. I but I ride the bike because it's fun. I just it, it, it's just fun. Yeah. So I have to do it. Even in the snow. Right. It's more fun in the snow. The best <laughs> the best time to ride is like in an an inch of fresh powder. It just, it's the best. It's on just quiet on a bike. It's nice and quiet. You know, the tires make noise on a mountain bike, but it, the powder, it just, it's, it's wonderful. It's sublime. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I don't think anyone's quite described. And besides, you can fall down easily and everything. <laughs> so you have to learn how to ride on it. It's a challenge. You know, it, it's, you know, it's great. It's, uh, yeah. It's like snowmobiling, but. More, yeah, more except tame. I, yeah, no, I, yeah. More domestic. I'm not into snowmobiling. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. So you've only missed two days of biking. Yeah, ever. maybe one. I don't know. Wow. Yeah, there's my, maybe two. Yeah, two or three. There's a certain type of snow that's kind of like mashed potatoes, which just makes it impossible to ride through. It's like three or four inches deep, and it, it just, the tires just spin, and it, you don't go anywhere, and you just say, "Oh damn, I gotta walk." Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, walk today. So that that's that's when that happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was teaching in the Caribbean like? Not as much fun as teaching here, actually. Really? Yeah, I like the students a lot more here. Yeah. Um, that's a maybe a terrible thing to say, but I don't know. There's a reason why they went to those schools mm. rather than some others. And, uh, um, that, you know, we developed some very good friendships with the students there. So some of the students we really liked. But at um, here, I don't know, maybe people from Montana, a lot of them come from smaller towns. And uh, you have to be nice in a smaller town. You just can't survive. You can't be a jerk. And live in a town of five hundred. It's it's doesn't yeah, you can't yeah, do it. Totally. So Definitely. so I I think the Montanans are wonderful people, and it's a pleasure to teach them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my brief experience on the East Coast this summer definitely magnified that. You know, in, in Bozeman, in Montana in general, like if someone needs help, someone, someone right. you know who's ever going to stop right. is going to help you. Winter does that, too. Yes. Like, like the fact that cars get stuck is a wonderful thing for a community <laughs> because you have to help the people. 
and then you you know you develop friendships. You it, it's it's a uh, it's like socialism, you know. Oh my god! It you know when you're you're all in it together, <laughs> and you help one another. Uh, Americans miss out on that quite a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. They're you know they're John Wayne sort of uh, characteristics where they you know it's they're all in it for themselves. That that's really not the best way to live, and a lot of people know that. And um, winter helps along with that, because mm-hmm. yeah, you have to help people. And uh, although my son just moved to the East Coast, and people are wonderful there too, at, or at least many of them are. And um, but it's culturally different. They certain things, like when I first moved here from San Francisco. I think in 1994, I think it was, you know, we got here and we thought something's wrong with these people. They're like, there's something wrong with them. They were all so friendly, you know, <laughs> like, do they have some like mental disease or something like that? And we, you know, we just got used to it and just with time realized how lovely it was, <laughs> you know, just being friendly. There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> and uh, so... Yeah. I can imagine you guys being like, is there some weird prion disease that makes them look Yeah, exactly. Like- you know, why, <laughs> why does this lady at the supermarket, why is she saying hello and how I, am I today and am I enjoying the, you know, whatever? And like, oh my God. <laughs> and then I, over time, I just realized that's the way it is. And, and it's better. Yeah. It's much better. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. This isn't an advertisement for like Montana chamber of commerce (laughs) (laughs) no but it definitely it's a rare and special place yeah it is i really think it is yeah um, yeah oh well (laughs) and unfortunately like you know it's it's disappearing quite quickly i think yeah yeah the the trouble is is builders make money building houses and whatever and they a lot of people live for the moment and uh Although I've heard the other side, like people argue with me and says, well, you can restrict growth and then it's, then you have this shishi town that's very expensive and you don't want to live there either. Mm-hmm. And I think about, well, geez, can't there be some kind of compromise? And um, it, it's just going to be a shame when the valley looks like Albuquerque in yeah. 10 years and we don't have enough water and, you know, we have to truck in water from somewhere just doesn't make sense but I don't know that's uh yeah let's change the subject yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) one of the other questions I had for you was what has been something you've fallen back on to help you not keep going but to help you continue being interested in life and and not bored because I feel like I would get bored at a certain point right yeah Right, yeah. Um, why isn't life b- more boring? Yeah. I, I can't figure it out. It just seems to, <laughs> if you're very adept at things, maybe it becomes boring. Life is a challenge for me. <laughs> Getting up in the morning, finding my shoes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, let's see. What's the reason why? I don't know. It did, well, certainly, you know, since... Uh, Trump got elected, you know, like I just now I <laughs> life is just horrible, you know, listening to what's going on every day. And, you know, in the old days, 
you you wouldn't hear the president or anything about him for months at a time. It was great. You could you know think about other things, you know, <laughs> rather than you know separating children at the border from their parents. I mean, this is just you know the the it's like a fire hose of bad news. Yeah. So that's what's yeah. That, yeah. Let's see. What the question had nothing to do with that. Like, <laughs> how, okay. like why isn't it? Let's see. So, um, yeah, there seems to be all kinds, of, all kinds of things to do. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm always struggling to become a better skier. To uh, I, I took up mountain biking last year, and I really like that. Wow. And um, let's see. Uh, we, I do have a friend or two. Yeah. So and and actually that that's a big that's a big thing. I, I if I have any regrets, there's there's this one friend I kind of mistreated and I feel terrible about, and he was so helpful to me my whole life. This fellow John Atwood, and that so that's my big regret. And I really learned a lot from that. And uh, and I then I, I had another friend locally who passed away a couple of years ago, and that was very very sad. He was my best friend. And now, so I have a few friends, and I'm I'm really trying to put effort into, uh, to, you know, what can I do to be a better friend? Because in a way, that's, you know, what do I care about? I I've, I do other things in my life. For instance, I, I my parents were artists, and I've always made art, and I made a lot of ceramics. And I just don't think it's that important to leave ceramics behind. And and actually, my mother just passed away. A few, few months ago and she had all these paintings you know hundreds of paintings and everything and no one really cared about them mm -hmm. and so those kinds of things aren't important but uh, friendships uh, I, th I think they're much more important and connections with people you know, and I'm, sure I'm starting to put more effort into that yeah and I'm sure the effect you have on students too is something uh. that you might not see the value in it. You might yeah. not see how your classes are like causing kids like me to think differently or yeah. engage in life a little bit differently. But yeah, well, people they do say things to me almost every day, and I get letters. Like walking out of one class today, someone said, "Thank you, Dr. Roger," and I go, "What? Are, what are they thanking me for?" Yeah. <laughs> and, and apparently, they think it's a good class. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so that I've so I like developing uh, good relationships with students and and also trying like I have this ulterior motive to try to make everyone better. There we go. And and you know, don't don't you'll have to edit <laughs> that out. I don't want anyone to know that. Okay. So right. I, I you know I think the world should be better. Yeah. This is my way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I can definitely see that and you know my so you didn't know this but my dad is an artist uh -huh. and he does paintings mm -hmm. and struggling artist growing up yeah. kind of a thing his house his his studio is filled with paintings that are never going to see the light of day or you know yeah. and you just you're like to what why for what reason well you want to you want to do it because you enjoy it right but you know the the problem is is when you're when you're good at something like that, then people start saying nice things about you. And you start doing it for that recognition a little yeah. bit. And so, you know, so I had galleries that 
took my ceramics and things like that. And it's, yeah, and... You know, you it, almost have to look at it like a psycho, like psychological point of view. Like, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a dopamine reward. Like you, right? Your yeah. system is activated. Right. So I try to stay away from that. I just try <laughs> to really, I like making the object and taking pleasure in the making of it and my appreciation appreciation of it. If someone else likes it, great. But yeah. that's the beauty of having a day job and just not having to make a living off of it. Yeah. So I can, I can stay away from that. But the problem with ceramics is that it requires energy. And um, so th this is a great sadness of mine. I had planned to retire and just go full-time into ceramics. And what's happened is now I feel so bad about global warming. I, I've really, I hardly make anything. I've, the last couple of years I've fired one kiln load a year. And, uh, but I, I've, the thing, but I visited Josh DeWeese a couple of months ago, who's a local potter, really an excellent potter. And he, we were talking about this, and I think I'm going to build a new kiln which will use um, wood that's been thrown out by construction companies. And uh, that wood will degrade over time, and it'll make carbon dioxide, but it'll also make methane. So it's possible that if I burn it, it'll be better for the environment. And so maybe I can rationalize making pots, but I just need to build a new kiln to yeah. work on this uh, waste wood. Yeah. So how uh, does architecture come into play at all in your life? Or well, yeah, I, I was, kiln. that was my first degree. I was yeah. an architect. I practiced architecture for about six months and didn't like it. Really? Yeah, they, I was working for a terrible firm in Boston, and I was... My job was to uh, make the working drawings and things for this uh, nightclub. And I'm not really a nightclub kind of guy. And the owner of the nightclub were the mafia. And so everything, <laughs> everything was illegal. And the, uh, yeah, so. Is this I, a true story? Yeah. Oh my gosh. And it was hideously ugly, the nightclub. It had. The f it was in this old, it was in Kenmore Square, Boston, and it was this old staid neighborhood where everything was made from brick. And I, my job was to, part of it was to make this mirrored aluminum surface that had, ba it had lights in it, red lights, like neon lights and stuff. It was just hideous. And the, I was so happy the planning board rejected the design. <laughs> I was so happy. There was that. And then, so when that job, that was over, my boss told me, okay, now we're going to build a, uh, a group of houses out in western Massachusetts, uh, a development. And uh, it's going to be in the Spanish style. And since you grew up in Puerto Rico, you know the Spanish style, and I want you to design it. And I went and looked at the site, and it was beautiful, wooded area. And I, I came back, and I go, Gerard, um, there's all these beautiful trees. Can I go out there and map out the, you know, the oldest, most beautiful trees, and we'll build clusters of houses around it? You know, things I had learned in architecture school. Mm -hmm. He says, you're just so naive. We're going to level that forest, and it's going to be flat, and we're going to build these houses, and we're going to make a lot of money. And I said, I quit. And then I, 
The next day, I went back to Puerto Rico, determined to never use my brain again. I wanted to be a savage, and I, 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 I just I tried to be a surf bum. <laughs> but that only lasted about three weeks. I, that actually got boring because what I realized when I was surfing as a boy, I was surfing with my friends, and it was great. It was a social activity, and we would talk out in the water. And now I, I went there, and I didn't know anyone. Everyone was 10 years younger than I, and they, I didn't find their conversations that interesting. Then I came back to the States to make money, to go to Europe, supposedly, which I didn't get to for many years. But I, I was, I'd met this professor who said I needed to find myself and which I did, and or I, I did need to find myself. I'm not sure I found myself yet. But <laughs> then I met this guy, John, who taught me how to play tennis. And then I started playing tennis tournaments and teaching tennis. And then this got me, and then I was able to take ceramics courses. And, and then teaching tennis, I got a job in Ann Arbor, Michigan, teaching tennis with this John fellow. And I went there because it was a ceramics center. It was famous for its ceramics. So I said, okay, I'll take a job teaching tennis there. And one of the people I taught tennis to was a professor at the university, mm-hmm. this guy Richard Malvin. And he, we became friends, and he said, are you going to teach tennis forever? And I hadn't really thought about it. And I thought, I, I thought about it for the first time. I thought, hmm, maybe that's a bad idea. <laughs> He says, why, why don't you become a scientist? And the reason was is because I'd always loved physics, and I, I taught tennis by talking about the physics of things. And, and I think he thought, I don't know, I fooled right. that I somehow made sense or something. I also did him a big favor. It was at the time when people were just starting to use two-handed backhands, and all the tennis instructors were very much against this. <laughs> Because, you know, it's new, it's, it, it just won't hold, these are odd things. But this uh, Rich had a tennis elbow really badly, and he loved to play tennis and couldn't play. So I said, well, why don't you use two hands on that, and it'll stabilize it, and it'll take some of the stress off that elbow. And it worked. And so he, he um, talked me into going back to graduate school. So, uh, yeah, that's... How and I that's got it. Got, got into science. Yeah, I started to take science classes and really fell in love with them. That's amazing. And uh, and I was older, uh, and somehow th- everything was just fascinating. How yeah. how the world worked, and the more I learned, that I would look around and things made more sense, and I just took great pleasure in that. And I guess it was I, I got a lot of positive feedback, and and I'm a narcissist, so I guess I. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not a narcissist like some people nowadays, but I have a. I guess I have a touch of it, and uh, so I got a lot of positive feedback. Things went very well, and yeah. yeah. So. Wow! How crazy. Yeah. So life. Yeah, I'm not one of these kids that planned planned out my life ahead of time. It, <laughs> it's been totally chaotic and random. <laughs> but yeah. how cool is that? That see, that's the beauty of life. That is yeah. the secret sauce yeah. of life. I don't think anyone realizes is these by chance meetings with people right. can can initiate a single idea yeah. and set you on this trajectory path that you would have never even seen. Right. You know. Yeah. 
I know. So this is one of the things that, that get me about that there's a lot of very wealthy people that think they got where they are because of hard work and everything. And they don't realize that how many people that might be poor that have the same abilities they have and work just as hard, but just didn't run into the right people at the right time. Yeah. And I've, I've been very, very lucky. I, I met my wife, which has been the greatest thing. And, yeah. uh, and that's worked out. And so I've just been really lucky. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I realize I am where I am because of luck. You know, and there, I've worked hard and everything. But as far as I can tell, I look out there, everyone's working pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> I was just luckier. <laughs> yeah. Whether it's karma or luck or... You know, it'd be interesting to see that whole concept of, like, acceptance of an individual mm. into a group. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure that plays into it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something I'm super interested in is how how can you become part of a group over over a course of a couple of days? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, because you're accepted into that group, you now have all these opportunities in front of you. Right, yeah. And I think that's what you're feeling. When you first start off college, everyone's looking and trying to create a group. Yeah. And then since you came here a year late, you didn't have that burst of everyone trying to get you into their group. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's kind of the time passes a little bit. Yeah. But... You have the skills that I think it's worked out for you. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that... Do you have any friends? I mean, <laughs> um, I have I, a couple. See, so that's good. Cool. That's all you need. That's all you need. I have a couple need. distant friends. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, but it seems to be the trend in my life where I always join the party late. I was homeschooled in high school, transitioned my junior year of high school into Bozeman High. Everyone had their friend groups. I ate lunch alone every single day, and that's how it was. So how old are you? So I'm 24. So did you know my son, Isaac? No. No. See, this is what I'm saying is, like, I just didn't, I just got there late. And, like, because I was transplanted into these social situations, Isaac been. ate by himself too. Really? Yeah, but uh, that was because of his personality. I really? Think. <laughs> he chose that. What? No, I think other people chose him oh. more. <laughs> he he was short, and really? yeah, no. He, but then, but then he found yeah music, and he got a lot of yeah. Yeah. He yeah he was when we went to the Caribbean, he became a star. Really? Yeah. That's... And 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 then he and then he found debate too. He he. So he had a group with debate, and yeah, yeah, he did fine. But yeah. I'm, I'm joking, yeah. But he, he was a little difficult to get along with in yeah. high school. I'm not sure he was well liked by everybody. Huh. But yes. now he is. He's decided to be a nice person now. Right. I yeah. guess that pays off better. Right. And well, and that's another thing is there's always this internal struggle within me to be like, before I reply to something, or right. if I'm in like a group of people, I'll be like, I could say like what I normally would say, which is like very straightforward, very realistic, mm-hmm. or I could say something that I know will get a laugh out of. Yeah. And like, which person am I going to be at this moment? Right. And it's so hard because. See, so how could life ever be boring? I... It's a constant <laughs> challenge. What do you do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, I, you just I experiment the whole time. <laughs> See what happens. I see what you mean there. It's but. <laughs> random. Yeah, and it never changes. It's always the way it is. Just always constantly 
Yeah. Well, I was, you know, you know, when I moved to Puerto Rico at 10, and I, so I was a white boy, in this, <laughs> and I, I was a Jewish white boy in this Catholic, <laughs> somewhat darker country. I was really an outsider. And so I went to school. Yeah, so, so that, that was kind of, and I didn't speak the language yeah. either. So th there were a lot of reasons why. Um, but, you know, th then when I came back to college, then I, I had all these experiences in Puerto Rico. And growing up in this other culture and just coming back to the American culture, I, I just felt out of place there too. And then I, I've just, I could just go on and on. I, I think I've always felt like an outsider. outsider. And you move to Montana, and you're not a Montanan unless you, you know, right. you know, generations of Montanans. Right. And so clearly, moving here from California, specifically California, yeah, on right, of right, <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm not not really a Montanan, although I say, yeah, if you if you're biking during the winter to. Class. Well, I'm foolish. I'll admit to that. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know about being a Montana. So, yeah, I don't know. I've always, I've always felt like an outsider and always wanted to be part of, you know, a bigger group. But maybe I'm feeling more like it now. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Do you think, do you think that's something that has aided you in being successful? You know, quote unquote. Do you think it's because you were alone and you weren't distracted by all these people you had opportunities to really dive into the course material you were thinking about? That would require reflection and thinking to know the answer to that. <laughs> That's not my strong part. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, no, I, um, me, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I... I guess... I don't know if I'm successful. I, yeah, I have this job. The um, let's see. Uh, well, I am more. I'm very empathetic mm -hmm. because I, I know when I was in Puerto Rico, I really took their point of view. I, I really understand understood why, for instance, they resented uh, Americans moving down there. And making lots of money, we we weren't like that. Again, my parents were, we weren't with a big company. My father was a photographer, and so we were just like lower middle class or something. Yeah. But but I, I and I had lots of friends that lived in slums and things like that. And so I just really I felt for them, and not thinking. Well, I knew I had more, but I I just liked them as people. And so I never really viewed them that differently, but I, I understood their point of view, like certain resentments they had and things mm -hmm. like that. And recently, with you know the way we've treated them after the last hurricane, yeah. I I really I'm, I'm very I'm not happy about that. Yeah. And so, um, so that's why I'm going to Puerto Rico on my vacation, so I can spend some money there. <laughs> but, For sure, every bit helps. Though. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like why. Why have I been successful? I, I mean, in some ways, like in graduate school, I was one of the most successful of the students, and since then, my career hasn't been what was expected of me. Mm -hmm. I would say, uh, and it's so my research. There, were, it's kind of a long story, which is be, 
probably, it, and it's probably boring for others, but my research never uh, didn't work out. There were postdoctoral fellowships that were, for strange reasons, were lost at the last minute. And so I, yeah, I kind of got off track a little bit. But then I discovered I enjoyed teaching, and I really liked that. So it, it worked out, maybe it worked out just fine. Although, in graduate school, it was my creativity and designing experiments and thinking about things that, which was my strength, and I haven't, I haven't had a chance to do that recently. Mm -hmm. But that's okay. You can't do everything, <laughs> and uh, I, I'm pretty happy with the way things worked out. Yeah, I would say. Well, and I think teaching and the importance of having teachers who care is is undervalued. Right. If you have a professor that cares and is mm. engaging and can empathize with students and understands the human condition and is able to like look past all the flaws in, in their students because every single kid is flawed in a way and give that kid a chance. Not not like a shoe-in, mm. but just a chance to succeed. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I, I, I've decided... Next year, I'm going to try to do that. <laughs> that's, that's my future. I'll, I'll start there. Yeah. Yeah, I just... But, I mean, it's probably hard for you to see sitting where you are, but I don't think you realize the positive effect you've had on the, on the students you have taken your classes. And the first, no. you were one of the first names I learned while I was here going to CBN. And they're like, oh, have you taken Iger's class? And I was like, oh. no, who's this Iger everyone keeps talking about? And Well, I, I, do, I do care a lot. And I try. Yeah. And so, yeah, why not? You can be a jerk or you can, yeah. <laughs> or you can care. You, you can, yeah, try to do the best, best you can. Like what's important in life and yeah. everything. and Get those things across. And I think a lot of people... A lot of teachers try to do that. I, I think in some ways I, I'm lucky. I just, uh, you know, I, maybe I'm I'm good at certain things. I, I know I'm not good at certain things. <laughs> there are certain things I'm terrible at, you know, like music. I would really like to be good at music. I'm terrible at it. And um, but yeah, in terms of uh, yeah, there are yeah, there are a fair number of students that end up liking me. Mm -hmm. So. So I, I guess maybe I'm okay. <laughs> I think you're being really humble, but well, that's that's important. <laughs> that's... That, no, and there are a lot of things I don't do well, you know, and and I do, yeah. And I wasn't nice to that friend of mine, you know. I, I've yeah, I've let some people down mm -hmm. in life, and uh, yeah, that's that's disturbing me. I I think I'm gonna write him a letter soon. Yeah, do that. Yeah, I think you I know. Will. That might be a good thing. Yeah, but um, anyway. Uh, or maybe, you know, maybe it's like my, my my rights. Like you write it out, you put it in a drawer, and the moment you like send it, you're like, oh, shoot, I shouldn't have said any of that. Or something. Yeah, well, but, on the other hand, he, he lives in Boston, so it's okay. He's not, <laughs> not going to burn my house down <laughs> anytime soon. Yeah, he's a great guy. The, um, yeah. So how are we, do you have any more questions? Or? Yeah, last question. Oh, okay. So this is usually how I end it. If there was one thing 
everyone listening could do to make the world a better place, and this is generally how I end it, that would mean the most to you, what would that be? When? Like, oh, is, I see. Well, um, if someone could change their, their default to operating yeah. in life. Well, um, I'm kind of biased since I'm a, kind of a teacher person. So, But I think being empathetic, trying to understand others, yeah. I think. And to understand others, that it's helpful to travel, to see, not just understand other Americans, but see how certain things are done all around the world. Because sometimes the rest of the world has good ideas. And then... And then also look back in not only in space, like geographically, but also in time. I think learning about history and reading uh, and um, this like what I listened to a podcast the other night about uh, this fellow that had written a book like uh, History of the United States since 1974, I think was the topic. I, I forget the name of the book, but, you know, there's so much has happened and I think it's useful to know those things, yeah. to, to, to understand the present situation better. So I guess being empathetic, trying to be the best person one can be, and, um, and trying, to, trying to learn more about the world yeah. is, is a good thing. And I think, every, I think everyone knows that, actually. I don't think this is any particular piece <laughs> of wisdom that, that's unique, uh, um, but... Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, that, that, I guess I that's people, my final answer. I think people tend to forget, you know, we're, yeah. we're always advocating for ourselves, especially if there's any competition. Right, You know, yeah. you forget to mm -hmm. have, I call it having grace for other people. Right. Like having wiggle room for them and their shortcomings or right. your disagreements with them. You know, just give them a little grace, give them a little buffer space. Yeah, and you learn a lot about yourself by doing that. Sometimes I realize that they're looking at the way other people think about things that the way I used to think about them wasn't such a great yeah. way to do that. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I think that's all the questions I had. But okay. Sitting down and spending time. And My pleasure. <laughs>